and welcome to the 36th episode of Basha's Thoughts. Today, I'd like to talk to you about the gift of uncertainty. In the last episode, episode 35, we talked about the problem of knowledge. We said that knowledge is basically when you stop all further development and all further thinking and learning about something. When you know something, you're no longer seeking to learn more. You're no longer open to learning more because you already know it. And so all further evolution within that area is stopped, stagnated. You're basically stuck in that sense. Nothing more interesting or significant will happen to you within that area if you believe that you already know certain things and your life will be showing you the evidence of what you know and telling you yep here you have some proof that what you know is true and that will just make it stronger and stronger that also makes us identify with the roles that we are playing because those are things we kind of know we may know propositionally or we may know experientially and we've put our life in a box that is limited by that particular type of knowledge and we will fight to defend our self-imposed limitations. So this creates a life that is a little bit more stagnant than it actually could be and we have fighting going on and so we have disconnection we have separation and the way we learn within this system is mostly through suffering and pain that's when we achieve growth and this is something that is pretty well understood that whenever you go through a really difficult period in your life well then you will probably grow a lot from it and you have um, cancer survivors telling people that they do not wish, would not wish not have had cancer because they grew so much as a person from their experience that they are actually happy that they went through it, even though it was horrific. So, in many different ways, we tend to grow from pain when we are within this paradigm of fixating on knowledge. But there is something in our universe that helps us to grow even though we have these tendencies. The idea of something finite and well-defined not changing is very normal to us. You can imagine something, even a picture. If you draw, if you draw a picture, you will see every brush stroke on it and once it's finished you have it and this is it. If you wait a minute, you still have it, and it is it. You wait five days, and you have it, and it is it. In a way, that kind of creates a type of um, safety, <sighs> because it, it persists through time, and so you can rely on it, and so you can find safety in it. But our universe isn't created that way. Our universe moves in an expansive way. 
And so thermodynamics will eventually mess things up for you. So this painting will eventually turn to dust at some point. It might take centuries or millennia, depending on how it was done. But that's what's going to happen with it. And if we look at our lives and nature around us, we often see this idea of growing up, maybe blossoming, and then starting a decline and eventually facing death. So this change that we see can actually be seen as something really helpful. Because as long as we are in this paradigm of clinging to roles, clinging to ideas, looking for safety and knowledge, well then, the only way we can move ourselves out of it is through painful types of experiences. And so through our life we will stop identifying with certain roles that we play. You might see yourself as a teenager but then, over the years, things will change and you can no longer identify as a teenager. You might be conventionally beautiful, but over time that too will change and you will no longer be considered conventionally beautiful. And as these things happen, we often go through difficult times because it's painful, it can be painful. Some things, some changes we enjoy, but many of the ones where we have identified with a particular role are really difficult for us to let go of. But the way the world is created, it actually pushes us into those moments of uncertainty, those moments where we have to let go of what we're clinging to. So if we're not interested in continuing forever to learn through pain and suffering, how else do we learn? How else can we function? And what is essential, what is key in that other way of being and thinking and acting? That's a good question. When I think about it, I can see that certainty is one of the keys. And indeed, uncertainty in terms of being able to learn without having to face pain and suffering. Uncertainty is a gift that gives us the present moment. When you're not focused on things that are certain, things that you're, you know, for instance, if you're not focusing on what you're going to do, if you're going to go outside and meet your neighbor, as soon as you decide that, very often you will find that you're already there. You're already thinking about your neighbor. Is your neighbor going to be at, at home? Um, did you take the keys? Where are the keys? And so you're already thinking about things ahead of time and you're not really present in the moment. And as you're walking over to your neighbor or to your neighbor's house, you're not really enjoying every step. You're not usually really paying attention to how you feel in your body, noticing the breeze, the sunshine, 
or the rain or whatever it is there may be that may be going on around you for you to pay attention to something it will have to be usually something really strong maybe a car drives by really quickly and so you pay attention to that but that still takes you often away from your body and it might even take you away into other thought patterns of judgment of well that's really irresponsible to be driving this quickly in this area and other feelings come up for you and so you're not really in the present moment when you're holding on to ideas thoughts judgments things that you think you know about the future you're not in the present moment uncertainty brings you into the present moment though sometimes it can be not very pleasant indeed it can be something really difficult to handle especially in the beginning because we are not used to it this is not the paradigm in which we operate because we identify with our roles and our knowledge and so just letting go of things can feel really unsafe but the way we usually operate when we cling on to things this is the way of our ego you could say and our ego likes to be in control likes to know that's where safety is so imagine that someone takes you and they say okay we're going to go out and you don't know anything go out where um like what should i wear um uh, how long are we going to be gone uh, are we taking the car um should i take my bike um when can I get back? Um, you don't know anything. You're just leaving and you don't know. It's a little bit like a dog. If you think about it, uh, if you have a dog or you've seen a dog, you've probably been become aware that they like to go for walks. And so if you just say, okay, we're going outside, they become super happy. Even though they really don't know where you're going to be taking them, how long the walk is going to be, where you're going to go, what you're going to do on the walk. Are you going to play? Will you go to the beach? Will you go to the park? Will there be other dogs? And even though they don't know anything about that, they do not cling on to trying to know something. Instead, they are present in the moment and really excited and happy to go on a walk. But as human beings within the society that we have, our reaction will often be one to try to cling to things. If you have someone, you can ask them to do something like that for you. Take you somewhere and do something with you and not tell you anything about what, when, how they're going to do it and see how you can work with it inside of you. What happens inside of you? when you don't know anything and you're going to be participating in something. Being able to be relaxed and even excited about it is a way of moving into the paradigm where we start to learn not by having to go through pain and suffering but actually learn through inspiration. Within this paradigm we don't identify with the ego, we don't identify with the roles, we don't identify or 
cling on to any knowledge that we have. Knowledge is something to play with. Knowledge is something that we enjoy, but it's not something we hold on to in any way. So we can very easily just let go of it because we know who we are. We are the infinite. We are infinite possibilities. We are the learner. And this idea of clinging on to knowledge, it comes up so often in so many different ways. In our society, when we are offered any kind of information, we will often start by judging it in the sense of judging the source. Who is the person who's telling me that thing? And can I listen to them or not? And so clinging on to these kinds of judgments has been a way of making things more efficient because then I can more quickly judge if I want this or don't want this. And I can make faster decisions. And I already have a belief system that I feel comfortable with. And so if it fits into my belief system, then that's great. Then I can maybe even repeat that to others. But if it's something that doesn't fit into my belief system, then I will just ignore it or I might even fight against it. And if I win, I will feel much better for it. So whenever we get information, usually we will want to try to say whether it's something we believe in or don't believe in, we subscribe to or don't. And often it will be based on where it comes from. And sometimes, I had a friend, for instance, of mine who was telling me that nowadays we have these very extreme positions and we have people saying very extreme things and you can immediately just say, well, that's really, really ignorant and that's really, really not the truth. And we were talking about the possibility of actually looking at all of these points of view and trying to see, well, what in that point of view makes it appealing for the person to believe in it? And looking at that point of view and trying to make that case. Well, how would I try to convince myself or <laughs> because that's how we usually operate, trying to convince ourselves or others. So within that paradigm, how would I make that case? And what evidence could I find? And then trying another point of view within that same discussion. So maybe someone tells us, well, we are all steered by aliens. And most people would immediately say, well, <laughs> that's obviously just ridiculous and we, we and I will no longer listen to that person because that's a very ridiculous point of view and so their whole belief system is probably really off and that's a very fast way for us to to act in a sense to make a judgment or we could actually try to make that case okay um, so I don't really resonate with that. Um, I don't see how that could be. I mean, I don't even believe in aliens, maybe. And, but let me see. How could I make that case? And you could try to do that. And my friend said, well, if you were 
going to try to do that, there would be just so much information. I mean, you would never stop. I mean, you would have to just learn all kinds of things about all kinds of things, and you would never really know. Interesting. Because that's what we want to. We want to know. We want to have something that we can say, well, I might not know for sure, but I kind of know that there are no aliens. Or someone else might kind of know that there are aliens. Whatever we believe in, we like to kind of feel that we know. And so it's interesting that not knowing really is difficult for us. So a person who were to try to make the case from every possible point of view, they might actually end up knowing a lot more than a person who just made a quick judgment. Because they would have to learn so much more and they would have such a nuanced picture, even though at the end they might not reach any kind of certainty, but they would actually kind of have more knowledge about everything than the person who already knows, decides, and judges. This is something that we also do when we interact with each other. When we interact, then the idea is to also not just start by judging and either saying, yes, you're exactly right, I believe exactly the same thing, or saying that, no, I don't want to listen to you, or no, this is completely wrong, and let me show you why. Instead, the idea is that within the, the paradigm of not knowing, because we identify as the infinite, we don't identify with any particular role, any p- particular finite system. Any particular finite system is well-defined in that sense, is already stuck in something, is already limited in some ways. And so if it's too stuck, no evolution is possible. No movement is possible. That's why we have movement even in our universe. The movement in our universe, the dynamics of our universe is only made possible because of uncertainty, because of infinity. That is what makes our universe dynamic and possible as that. And so we see that also reflected as a holographic order type of principle within our relationships, within our interactions, within the way our mind works. And so when we interact with another person, if we start by looking for what we have in common, looking for what makes sense to us, looking for what we resonate with instead of going for judgment, and then from there on building upon it, we both have a common ground, we can interact, so we're not separating ourselves from the other person. We're actually coming closer, and together both are building things that both can understand and have fun with. And so both are actually growing all the time, because everything that we build 
is just, oh wow, look, and we can do this, yes, and then we can do that, and then we can also do the other thing. So we are not, not stuck onto some particular belief. No, it has to be this and that way. Instead, we look for what is in common, what is fascinating, what is amazing to us, what are we really interested in and can communicate about. And then we add as we build. When we do that, and when we are identified as learners, not as that which we learn, then we can create the most amazing things. Then the limitations of what we can create start falling away because we are free and open to learning, to seeing things that we would never have been able to see. We can do some perspective hopping see from one perspective, then another perspective, then another perspective, and that can be amazing instead of being threatening. Perspective hopping becomes difficult. Taking on the view that you might not believe in, taking on the view that we're all controlled by aliens, might either feel just ridiculous, or if it's something that you're close to maybe fearing that it might be true, or there might be some truth to it somehow, well, then you will fight it zealously. And so that becomes really threatening. So perspective hopping becomes really difficult whenever you're threatened. So the idea is that if we want to learn, not through pain and suffering, if we want to move beyond this cycle of birth and death, because... We need birth and death as long as we are holding on to different ideas and self-limiting ourselves in that way. These cycles actually liberate us, start opening us up for growth. As long as we cling on to this idea of holding on to things, we will need these cycles of birth and death and suffering and such. But if we can move beyond that way of looking at things, that way of interacting, if we can espouse uncertainty and learn to be comfortable and actually excited and happy and curious within that state of uncertainty, well, then we can start moving into a completely different way of being and learning that is just so much more fun because you're building together with others, you're perspective hopping, you're able to do things you were never able to even think about before because you always limited yourself before. It is a way of moving away from this ego-centered type of being into a more infinite way of being. Infinite in the sense of identifying with infinite possibilities. And you can only identify with infinite possibilities when you let go of the finite, when you let go of the finite, well-defined definitions that you might have and beliefs. And this is what life kind of does to us sometimes when we're feeling hopeless, for instance. If we're feeling bad and then something even worse happens and, and then we might feel totally hopeless if we fall deep enough into the hopelessness 
we might be really strong and, and kind of struggle a lot before we hit the bottom. But hitting the bottom means that we basically give up. Okay, it's not going to change. I don't like what's happening, but it's not going to change. Maybe we are in pain. Maybe we are in physical pain. Or maybe we have anxiety attacks. Or maybe we have panic attacks. Or we might have something else. Deep sadness, grief, whatever it might be. Whenever we hit the bottom and just say, Okay, maybe it's never going to change. Maybe for always and forever, until the rest of my life at least, this is what it's going to be like. And we give up. That giving up is releasing and relieving ourselves from a lot of the pain. So if we can accept what is at any moment, not just in the really dark moments where things are really difficult for us and we just are forced to give up. You're not going to change anything, just give up. And you really give up and let go. And you let go of your need. See, you let go of your need of being hopeful when you're hopeless. So you let go of that and you just are. So you don't identify with being hopeful and you also don't identify with being hopeless so that that doesn't become your identity and you always tell everyone how terrible everything is because it's just hopeless. The situation is just hopeless and this is your identity of being the person who is that way and conveys that message to others. So if you are able to give up your need of feeling in any particular way, feeling better, feeling worse, feeling happier, less happy, feeling hopeful or feeling hopeless. Your need for anything to be any other way than it actually is right now. If you're able to move into the present moment and be with what is, then that is when suffering actually starts to dissipate and it starts to dissipate automatically but only if you do it truly and not in an ego way in a, not an ego controlled spiritual ego type of way where you say i have now given up and yet you're still holding on on some level so whenever it is true surrender well then you will be in the moment in the present moment and suffering comes about very often through thinking. Thinking is related to time. And it is when, whenever we think that we want something else. So whenever there is a distance, you could say in time, between where you are and where you want to be. So maybe I am here, but I'm not satisfied with my financial situation. And I really want to be somewhere else in terms of my finances. And so the, the longer, <laughs> the, the stretch, the, the further apart these two are, the more I will tend to suffer. If maybe right now I feel anxious 
or I feel sad or I feel depressed or I feel bad in some sense and I want things to be different and I feel that I'm far away from that the further away I feel that I am from it well then the more I will tend to suffer so it is when we give up the idea of change that we are brought into the present moment uncertainty kind of does that for you and it creates growth for us that way because it opens up to change it, it opens up to show that you are more than you thought you were you are capable of more than you thought you were you are beyond what you thought you were so learning how to be a friend of uncertainty can help us move into a way of learning that is not associated with pain because we will be comfortable being in the present moment, comfortable with things as they are, and only inspired to change, not motivated by it, not because we will suffer if we don't do it. Instead, we will be happy in the moment and inspired for whatever it is that is going to come and open to it. And in order to be able to live with uncertainty, why is it we're not? So we can look at that. Why, why is uncertainty not comfortable for us? It's because usually there will be fear. Usually we will not feel safe without it. And so this is why this is a heart-centered way of being. This is a way of being where you open your heart to yourself and to everything that arises. Every fear that arises, you embrace. Every idea and thought, you say, oh, look, it came up. You have the right to be here. And you try to take care and nourish yourself as best you can so that you can feel safe but you don't look for safety by clinging on to anything you're allowing everything but you're not clinging on to anything so it is by opening our heart that we can move more and more into the idea of actually being okay with uncertainty and then uncertainty can be fun it doesn't have to be just those horrible situations where you feel that you're going to die and you give up and surrender and only then can you feel joy afterwards instead it can be a more normal way of being normal way of living and i believe that we are moving into this new way of interacting and thinking for ourselves, interacting within our own mind with our thoughts and interacting with other persons. And I think this is something that is kind of necessary for us as human beings because our older way of being, which was very competitive, separating, something that has been very ego-centered, something where we either win or lose, something where we 
identify with fixed roles and have a fixed mindset. That way of being has brought about a lot of separation and it has brought about disastrous effects when it comes to our planet. And so if we wish to survive as human beings, we will need to address the underlying cause and that is associated with this way of interacting with ourselves and interacting with others and our surroundings by making uncertainty our friend, by living a more heart-centered way, we start changing the whole dynamics of everything. And with that, more and more hope seeps in as to the survival of human beings on Earth. So that was it for today. Just uh, some thoughts about the gifts of uncertainty. And uh, I'll talk to you in another podcast episode. Take care. Thank you.